Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. On this week's Big Tech Show, you might not think it could happen to you, but our guest this week explains how a significant number of Irish people may be falling victim to romance frauds online. Victims can feel a misplaced sense of shame. People can blame themselves. They feel embarrassed. And so they don't want to tell family, friends. They don't want to report it to the police. In some cases, of course, the victims are already in relationships. They're married. They have an extra reason to keep that quiet. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. Today on the Indo-Daily, the downfall of Katrina Carey. Hundreds and hundreds of phone calls, emails, text messages to Katrina. I knew our money was gone and I knew nothing I could do. That is Andrew Hickey. He paid Carey's Fort Asset Estates €15,000 as a deposit to carry out a property transaction that never happened. He taught working with accountant and former Ireland hockey star Katrina Carey made good business sense. But now his money is gone and she is under investigation for alleged fraud offences. Members of the Garda Economic Crime Bureau happened to be at the property. They were seen going inside this house and coming out later with what appeared to be documentation. We then seen them getting into a white BMW which was outside the property. The guards left the, left the scene with the car and, and the documentation. I'm Kevin Doyle, and today I'll be speaking to senior correspondent with the Sunday Independent Maeve Sheehan and public affairs correspondent with the Irish Independent Amy Malloy about the downfall of Katrina Carey. But first, Andrew Hickey's story. Andrew Hickey, I think most people have some idea of the story of Katrina Carey at this stage, but there's one question that still kind of hangs there for me, and that is, how exactly did people find her and her services, or did she find people? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. Um, from myself, in my own circumstances, it was through a business or premises that we were trying to buy from Prematoria, a vulture fund. And a friend of mine contacted me, contacted me and said, look, at um, uh, I've seen the trouble I had went on with the premises you were renting um, and you were evicted from that premises. I said, yeah, look, at it's just the way the economy has gone since the 2006. Um Vulture funds have come in and they're buying up properties, so we were caught in the crossfire. Um, so this person who is a barrister introduced me to Katrina Carey one day in Dublin in 20, 2019, mid-2019, during the summertime. I met with her. She said, oh, Andrew, she's all very nice, and I'm sorry to hear that you got caught, caught out in the crossfire between Prematoria and banks and all. And I said, well, we don't owe any money. We don't own the building. We're only renting it. So it's up for sale now. We're interested in buying it. And I had discussed with my own bank about buying it and everything was going ahead. No problem. And Katrina was like, oh, well, we can get that premise much cheaper and at a better rate. And we have done this project for many, many people over the years. This is a no-brainer. And I, again, probed into what was going on, what kind of a company I have. And she said, oh, we're carried for us as states. We have huge money in our accounts in the UK and basically want to lend it out. We're a good vulture fund. We buy the debt and then we sell them back to the original owners. Um, and I said, okay, all oh, sounds good. So I spoke with my accountant who said, well, look, just be careful with everything. So just do your, your, do your due diligence on it. Um, so that's how I would have been introduced to her in 2019. Um, I handed over the 15K uh, with the view of purchasing the premises. And on that basis, I was able to keep 
pressure onto the barrister who had done the deal for me. And I kept saying, when is the deal going to be done? When is it going to be done? So I kept probing into property registration authority to find out if the property had been sold or had moved on or what the story was. And when I confronted um, the person who introduced me, the barrister who introduced me to Kerry, because she was my contact person all the time, when I confronted him, I said, um, like, you know, this building has been sold on. I have proof. I've contacted a property registration authority who told me it's been sold on. I then contacted um, the new buyer who had nothing whatsoever got to do with Katrina Carey, Carey Sport Assets, Estate Limiter, anything whatsoever to do with them. So I knew, okay, this is there's something on wrong here. Katrina was then contacting back the barrister saying, tell Andrew, look, it's all okay. That's how we do it. We buy it through another company which contradicted what she was saying in the beginning. And all of this must have been very stressful because I, I know you're going through, I suppose, business transactions and anyone who's ever got a mortgage knows that it's never as straightforward as it seems at the start. But the stress must have been building in all of you. And then you discover this that there are other people here and you, you go about doing your own investigation, I suppose, months into this when your €15,000 is essentially long gone. Yeah, look, at um, many sleepless nights. Um, hundreds and hundreds of phone calls, emails, text messages to Katrina, to the barrister. Um, and also going to the Gardaí earlier on and they kept saying, oh, it's civil, look, you're going to have to take that as a civil case. There's nothing we can do for you. So it was so frustrating from that point. I knew it was um, fraud, possible fraud. I knew our money was gone and I knew nothing I could do. And in July 2021, I confronted uh, the barrister and I said, Look, it's just the bottom line. I don't know what's going on here. I haven't got to the full bottom of it, but I know there's definitely some type of a fraud going on. I'm going to the Gardaí. And I was asked not to go to Gardaí. Don't go any further. You know, you don't know what you're going to un- uncover here. You don't know what kind of trouble you could get yourself in. Um, so I knew at that stage that it, 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 it's a fraud. It's a fraud. Now, obviously, it all came out then publicly in the RT Investigates programme. What has happened since then, have more people come forward to you? What, what's your understanding of the investigation? The investigation has progressed up to the Garda National Economic Crime Bureau. So they're handling it now and they're um, supposedly dealing with it in the proper format that they would have to go, go forward. I've received phone calls from them saying that, that's their process. It's not something that we can just jump into and uh, basically arrest people because there's frustration among the group of people that I, I found out who are also defrauded. Um, and they're saying, look, why, why is this lady and people belong to them and people part of that um, organization still walking the streets, still driving around in a BMW? You know, why why is that allowed to happen? Um, in the Garda response to me, when I ask those questions, it's like it's there's innocent until they're proven guilty. Um, all the evidence is there has to be gathered correctly in the correct format. Um, and then we progress with the case from there. And that's basically where we've been left, which is highly frustrating. You know, I'm passing on information every day to the Guard Economic Crime Bureau as regards new people coming on board. It's only last week a lady came on board to say she had handed over 10,000 and was pressurized to give another 20,000 only within the last two weeks. Um, so it's, it's building up the whole time. I would say every week there's two or three new people calling me and saying, look, I'm after being defrauded as well by these persons. And, and some of the cases are going back 10 years. Maeve Sheehan, journalist with the Sunday Independent who has reported extensively on this story. Who is Katrina Carey? 
Uh, a very interesting character, Kevin, I have to say. She is uh, comes from a very well-known Kilkenny family. She's the sister of DJ Carey, the hurling legend. Uh, she herself is a bit of a sporting hero in her own right. Um, she played international camogie um, and for Ireland. And I think she was capped something like 72 times. She worked as an accountant in Kilkenny, or she was known for in Kilkenny as an accountant. Uh, she worked for her brother, DJ Carey, for his company for a number of years. He had a cleaning business. And Katrina Carey joined the business in uh, for a few years. She became his accountant. She left in 2009 and set up her own rival cleaning business with her mother and her sister. She left under a little bit of a cloud in that there was some money unaccounted for in the company. Both her brother, DJ, and her brother's celebrity fiancé, Sarah Newman, both went to Gardaí at the time and uh, there was an investigation into that missing money, but that investigation went nowhere. But as far as people in Kilkenny were concerned, Katrina Carey effectively was an accountant. She worked. She was hired as, as an accountant for a local hairdresser, for instance, Nigel Kenny. Uh, she worked for him for 10 years. He never knew anything about this other life that we later came to hear about. Uh, as far as he was concerned, she turned up at, at his salon, would collect the books, collect all the accounts, go off, present him with a tax bill, which he'd then have to pay. In actual fact, we now know that Katrina Carey was running a, almost a parallel life. Well, tell us about that situation where she worked with the hairdresser in Kilkenny, because that is one of the points in this story where she actually did get into trouble with Gardy. Yeah. Nigel Kenny is a hairdresser, hairstylist. He might be known to people as one of the panelists in that RTE program, Salon Confidential, a kind of a reality hair show. Um, and uh, Nigel um, set up his business in Kilkenny in 2009, the same year that Katrina left her brother's company. And he met her on the street one day. He, she said to him, do you need an accountant? He said, yeah, great, sure. Um, he knew her. He knew her family. He knew her from around town. And he thought, great, I can trust her, hired her. And uh, that was fine. Um, years passed. He kept on getting these uh, tax demands, even though he had set up a standing order to pay his tax at the end of every year. And uh, But Katrina would always assure him, no, that's fine. Everything is in order. I look after it and so on. So Nigel told me that uh, he, he trusted Katrina completely, so he didn't question her. One of the things she always told him was, never, ever, ever ring the revenue. If you ring the tax man, they're just going to roast you alive, you know, so leave revenue to me. But anyway, he uh, he did, he did and he trusted her. But in, in 2018, I think it was in early 2018, he just got one tax demand too far. It was a bill for €6,948. It was January. It was, you know, business was slow. He says, why the hell am I getting yet another tax demand? I thought I paid my taxes a couple of months ago. He asked Katrina about it. And uh, she said, look, well, you've just got to pay it. So he wrote a check, gave her the check, photographed the check before he gave it to her, just because he was so annoyed about it and wanted to remind himself he'd paid it. Two months later, he gets another tax demand. 
It was a Friday, he remembers. He rang Katrina. She was away at a wedding. So he did what Katrina warned him never to do, which was he rang the revenue commissioners and bracing himself for, you know, some monster on the other side of the phone. He actually got a really nice guy who said, no, we never got your 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 check for 6,948 6, euros. Ultimately, Nigel began to follow the trail of this check, which ended up with him in his local bank the following Monday being presented with a cheque that was clearly forged and the payee was the Collector General, obviously. The name had been changed, and it, but it had been, been cashed at that. And Katrina Carey was later charged uh, in relation to theft and fraud offences and got an eight-month suspended sentence. Um, so she never actually went to, to prison or anything like that. But it didn't deter her from going on to involve herself with other people. And that's where we get to the point of her new company uh, that was subject to the RT Investigates programme, which has now seen her allegedly accused, uh, she stands accused basically of swindling people out of an awful lot of money. She does. And interestingly, she was involved in those uh, that alleged swindle at the same time that Gardaí were investigating her for the check fraud. In 2019, yeah, she set up a, a, a company uh, in and began approaching people in 2019 who were in trouble with their loans. And uh, the way it worked was, she said, my company will buy your loan at a discount from your bank and then I'll organize a mortgage for you also at a discount and you'll be able to, you know, keep your home. And for that, she charged fees that ranged into thousands. Like some people we now know paid her a deposit of 35,000. Uh, some paid as much as 60,000. Um, they were, she promised them that they would get their deposits back if there was, you know, no deal, uh, if, if she didn't manage to buy their loans back. One of the other interesting things about Katrina Carey is that she seems to have been a really believable person. When people began to question her, she would uh, assure them that everything was in train, that they just had to wait wait another week or two and they'd get their contracts. There were excuses about, oh, I'm at a funeral, I can't deal with this now, but on to you next week and so on. In other words, she really reassured, she seemed to reassure people and keep them, you know, just, just keep them dangling. In fact, as time went on, like I think it was uh, last by last summer, a group of those homeowners who had gotten in touch with each other decided to do something about it. They had been trying for months, you know, more than a year, many of them to get their deposits back and failed. So some of them went to the guards and went to RTE Investigates, which broadcast that brilliant documentary exposing all of this in February. Amy Malloy, public affairs correspondent with the Irish Independent. You've been in touch with a couple who Katrina Carey has spoken to and indeed sought money from even since the RT programme aired. Yeah, so they, these people had, hadn't actually seen the original RTE report and they kind of said they're not the type of people who are picking up papers or, or keeping up with the news. Um, and, and the lady said that, you know, I, I'd, I'd normally only buy my local paper if my son was after paying a match and wanting to read the match report and stuff. So she was actually on night duty at the time when she picked up her local paper and she saw Katrina Carey's face on the front page and she said that her her heart just sunk and, you know, it was only then that she kind of learned that there were kind of other people in a similar situation to her. Um, 
it was a kind of similar story as some of the other people we've heard from talking about their experience. You know, they um, went into financial difficulty after the recession. Her husband lost his business. Um, they've been really struggling with the mortgage repayments. And then subsequently, somebody recommended getting in touch with Katrina Carey. So a couple of years ago, um, that's what happened. They met her. She seemed very down to earth. She seemed like, you know, she knew what she was talking about. Um and she, you know, she promised them that she was going to be able to buy back their their mortgages for a fraction of the cost, but she was going to need thirty thousand euro up front. Um, so she had asked for this in cash, and they said, okay, we can get you maybe ten thousand euro, but um, we'll struggle for a while to get the rest. Um, so they subsequently met her. They said that you know she had originally arranged to meet them in an office, but then on the day of, that they were due to meet, she changed it to a service station. Um. They handed over the 10,000 euro cash. That was fine. And then they were just wanting to wait until they got something in writing before they handed over the further 20,000. But as time went on and they hadn't really kind of got anything back from her, they, they became a bit suspicious. She kept assuring them, oh, no, you're, you're going to get your contracts or whatever. And about a year and a half after she sent them across some terms and conditions, but, you know, nothing kind of confirming that their debt was going to be cleared and that they were going to be out of the woods, so to speak. So, yeah, they, they obviously saw the front page of their local paper they were very distressed they thought oh my god we think we might have actually fallen victim to fraud potentially here too and then they they contacted her um you know she spoke to them on the phone she took their phone calls she replied to their texts she was talking to the lady's husband i think for like five minutes one day and this is about maybe kind of seven eight days after the rt investigates uh, documentary actually aired and despite all this and all the publicity and everything that was being reported in the papers, she was still saying, no, you know, this isn't me. This is a different woman. It's all a misunderstanding. And she was um, asking for them to, you know, you know, once I get the further 20,000, I guarantee you, you're going to get your contracts. So I suppose what's shocking from their point of view is that even despite all this being out in, in, in the public domain, she's still kind of, you know, going about her business of promising people that I'm going to get your debt cleared and I'm going to sort out your mortgages for you. But obviously there's um, a lot of suspicion out there that that's not going to be the case. Now this couple say that Katrina Carey provided them with a receipt for their initial €10,000 deposit. Was it? You've seen a copy of that. Yeah, they, they sent on a copy. So they paid her €10,000 in cash and then she, she kind of gave them an electronic receipt um, and you can see, like, you know, Carrie's Fort Assets Estate on it. They had the, the, the UK registered address on it. She had the address of the, the people that she received the deposit from. So, you know, they, they thought even having this bit of stuff in writing that it was a legitimate transaction. Um, but yeah, other than that, now, once they kind of saw the news reports and stuff and she was still asking them for money, they, they haven't been in any further contact with her. Um, and I think her phone is, and stuff has been kind of powered off over the last number of days. So they haven't been able to reach out to her um which uh, is it's just heartbreaking really because you know this couple they remained anonymous because their children have no idea about the financial situation that that their parents are in and you know it's got to the point now where they're actually on the verge of being evicted from their family home um you know they've got the lady said you know we went down the wrong road we spoke to the wrong people but we're decent people working hard every day we've been working throughout the pandemic to try and make money try and clear our debts but obviously handing over 10,000 euro in cash that they now fear they won't get back. It's it's a very upsetting and distressing situation for them. And so what is their plan now, Amy? Or have they spoken with the Gardaí? Presumably they, they accept now that they are very unlikely to ever get the deal that they were promised by Katrina Carey. 
they, they got in contact with Gardaí last week um, in the contact of Gardaí and Carlo, who subsequently referred them to the Gardaí Economic Crime Bureau up in Dublin, who at the moment, I think, are coordinating all the complaints and, and all the, the investigation. Um, so they're just kind of sitting and hoping that something's going to come from this. And meanwhile, though, they're still getting letters from the banks. They're still getting calls from the banks. They're just kind of sitting there waiting and hoping that they're not going to be kicked out of their homes. And, you know, they've, they've kids that they're trying to put through college and, the kids have no idea that their parents have been in in this kind of trouble and have been under this kind of stress. So when you hear these kind of human stories, it's it really kind of shocks you, you know, and the, a lot of people are under stress. You know, people are talking about their health being impacted. I've been reading some of the comments on social media of people saying, well, how do they ever think this is going to be legitimate? But like, as the lady that I spoke to last week said, when you're in this situation, you're desperate, your mental health's not in a good place. If someone seems like they're legit, they're kind of a well-known person and they have to talk a good talk and have these various connections and they come to you and promise you they're going to clear all your debt and help you be your saving grace, you you kind of believe them, I suppose. But um, unfortunately, that doesn't look like it's going to be the case for this couple and their, their financial woes are likely to continue. Maeve Sheehan, we know there has been a Garda investigation ongoing for some time now, but on foot of all the new revelations and allegations that have come out in recent weeks, it has stepped up to a new level. What do we know about that and what happens next in the Katrina Carey story? Well, the Garda investigation started as a local investigation, but it was escalated in recent weeks to the Garda National Fraud Bureau, the Garda Bureau of National Bureau of Economic Crime. They are now looking at they expect to receive statements or complaints from as many as 60 people, if not more. Remember that only that 18 people took part in the primetime uh, programme. So we're now looking at potentially 60 people who will claim, who are expected to claim that they were allegedly defrauded by Katrina Carey. So the Guardi did move um, um, quickly enough after the case escalated uh, to a national level. And uh, we had the Guard of Fraud Bureau last week, um, I think it was last Wednesday, uh, the Guard of raided um, Katrina Carey's home in Kilkenny, a very nice um, semi-detached uh, property on the outskirts of Kilkenny. Um, they searched her home for documents, computers, records, uh, any uh, potential evidence that uh, will help them in their investigation uh, into this um, alleged fraud. Um, Katrina Carey wasn't home where when they called. And uh, according to local people who, uh, you know, are familiar with the area where she lives and so on, she... Uh, she has not been at home for some time and she is believed to have been abroad uh, last week when the guards called. Um, we don't know. And Amy Malloy, briefly back to you because you've actually tracked down Katrina Carey this week. What happened? Yeah, I got a tip off from a source that she has been staying in a property in Courtown in County Wexford. Um, so we, we went down to try and see if that information stood up. While we went there, um, members of the Garda Economic Crime Bureau happened to be at the property. Um, they were seen going inside this house and coming out later with what appeared to be documentation. 
We then seen them get in, into a white BMW, which was outside the property and which Miss Carey had been seen driving in recent weeks. Um, and in the RT Investigates documentary, the guards left the, left the scene with the car and, and the documentation. We went up to the house then to try and get a comment. Um, a different woman answered the door. She said they would no comment to make and basically told me to get off the property and said that what was happening was none of my business. That was the Irish Independent Social Affairs correspondent Amy Malloy. My thanks also to Maeve Sheehan and Andrew Hickey for joining me today. I'm Kevin Doyle and today's episode of the Indo-Daily was produced by Tabitha Monaghan and Mary Carroll, recorded by Gavin Hennessy with sound design by John Smith. If you enjoy the Indo-Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review. <laughs>